0: I know. I, I, I love something a lot. The Greatest Showman.
1: Oh yeah, do The Greatest Showman for me.
0: Whoa! Searching in the dark it's what that do for. Whoa!
1: The turning dark and making that- everyone, you're listening to The Center, brought to you by Green Trade. This week, we're getting into music. Now, you know, newsflash, music is good for children. And you already knew that. So what are we doing talking about it? Um, you know, I think we can get focused on things like playing Mozart in the womb and piano lessons when we talk about music and children. But I want to simplify it. I want to narrow the conversation down to just one instrument. An instrument so ancient, it's wrapped up in our genetic code. I think we need to do a deeper dive into singing. There's Sunday and there's Monday. There's Tuesday and there's Wednesday. There's Thursday and there's Friday. And then there's The Saturday level of singing that happens in a preschool, is, I mean, just ask a preschool teacher. Ask Miss Lisa.
0: Oh, God. I sing so much.
1: I think I even sing when I'm, like, picking them up for the diaper. Time to get a diaper, you know, sometimes. So maybe... stand in the middle of a preschool and you'll hear songs about washing hands and gummy bears and tying shoes and eating turkey pasta and everything it's nonstop, and that's because children clearly respond to singing and i'm sure you know that that's not news but it is one thing to watch a professional teacher sing a song it's another to join in and i'll be honest i'm a little embarrassed to play this but um while i was trying to record teachers singing i got called on to join in for wheels on the bus and um.
0: The wheels on the bus go
1: round and round, round and round, round and round. The, the wheels, wheels on the bus go round and round all day long. <laughs> I know I'm a little lost in the noise there, but can you hear how nervous I sound? Singing is really vulnerable. It's hard to really open up, especially if you're not a good singer, which I'm not. But so much of a child's development depends on that opening up. And it doesn't depend on, you know, some professional singer opening up. It depends on you opening up as a parent and a teacher. And that can be hard. So I invited music therapist Jocelyn Manzanares over to the center to talk about the benefits of singing to children and help me and anyone else with some performance anxiety over singing. She's the owner of Musically Minded, a group committed to music education throughout Washington.
0: So, I don't know, maybe 500 years ago, our our Western civilization became very concert-based. You know, we built these concert halls. And when that happened, we split into two groups. We're either the listeners or the performers. But up until that point, we all participated. And it was no big deal. You didn't even judge it. It's kind of like, you know, when you brushed your teeth today, did you judge how you brushed your teeth?
1: Uh, y- yeah, but that's who I am. Okay, well, <laughs> no, but I see, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I see but, your point. No, you I didn't.
0: I mean, do you, do you judge did, when I... No, maybe I did today. But you know, when, I, when you drive your car, do you judge how well you drove? Do you mm-hmm. go and analyze it and, you right. know, critique yourself? You don't. It's not a judging event. But what's happened with music, it's become a judging event because we listen to these amazing artists who practice and practice hours on end, and that's what they've dedicated their lives to, and then we judge ourselves against them, and then we're not very good, and so we say, okay, I'm going to be a listener, and we're gonna have those other people be the performers. And when we start to do that, we take away what's uniquely human, the ability to make and appreciate music. And so as society gets into our heads like that, the older we get, I mean, five years old, you probably are already having your child say to you, you don't have a very good voice and that hurts. But what if we stop singing with that child after they've said that, then all we're doing is we're just bringing that to the next generation. Now let's just first talk about the brain and how it processes music. So when we hear music, it's coming in all sorts of different ways. So let's think about the melody. That's gonna be processed in one part of the brain. We've got the tempo processed in another part of the brain. The lyrics processed in, in yet another part of the brain. Music is the one human experience that lights up the entire brain. And that's pretty impactful. And I think when we think about that, that 12-month-old and how she or he is going to wash his or her hands, What's happening is we've caught their attention and they're, they're receptive to language. They are understanding that they're able to, all right, they're singing about washing hands. They're doing these actions. I'm going to go do that. Now that singing also has that pitch to it. That is something that just sucks us in because it's joyful and it's different than speech and that's another ticket that I want to help teachers understand and parents understand is it's joyful and it beats the heck out of let's wash your hands come on get over here it's time to wash your hands over and over again instead when you're singing it and you're repetitive about it the child is hearing it over and over again the brain is busy processing and that transition over to the sink to wash it becomes easy because they're hearing it over and over again, even if they're on their way over to the sink and they see something flashing, you know, a toy, a ball, something they wanna grab. Well, that song is being sung over and over again, it boom, redirects. So there's so many parts to what happened when that child made their way over to the sink to wash their hands. Now, what also can happen is in the lyrics, that song can also be giving the directions to the children about how to wash their hands. And that's something that we want to teach, because we want to teach them, you know, how to eventually be independent, how to get the soap, how to rub our hands together, um, wash them off, dry them them again. And that process would be pretty boring if you said that over and over again in a boring or mean tone so instead it comes with play it comes with fun and when we bring it to the table like that we immediately get buy-in and that's the magic that music can bring and you can use it all throughout the day whether it's you know getting shoes on getting dressed getting ready to sit down to eat it's those auditory cues that help children know what's coming next because they don't control a lot in their world so if we can help them try to find ways to feel in control um, and know what's coming next and not be so unexpected, it helps them be calm and um, be easier to be around. So I think it's recognizing that social and emotional is where we all have to start. And that, to me, is where... Education starts. And what is play? It's, it's an emotionally charged experience where we're enjoying ourselves. And that, to me, is why music is such a fantastic way to teach children. Because it inherently brings up the joy in the classroom. And everybody is attracted to it. You know, I talk to so many people who, you know, oh, my baby just loves music. She loves to dance. Um, He loves to play the drums. And the thing is, we've got to get to that right away. And we've got to make sure and continue to foster that because that can be, again, the vehicle. The musical play can, again, be the vehicle for how we teach across the curriculum. And teaching teachers and parents how they can use music all throughout the day to reach these goals that we want them to do is, is really, for me, I think, the piece that I want to share with, with parents, these ideas that anybody, regardless of talent, can do. Children who are rhymers are readers because when you rhyme, you understand how to manipulate language. You can hear it you are able to identify the words that maybe have parts of the word that came before it you can start to read those words by yourself but what i want to emphasize is that doesn't start by teaching your kids rhymes at four it starts the day they're born and that's some of the fun play that you can do with your baby and your toddler and your three-year-old is to have them hear these rhymes over and over again in a fun play-based way so that they want to come back you're bouncing them on their leg they you're bouncing them on exercise ball um, any sort of play like that can remember how we started talking about how the emotional piece is so important to learning you're bringing in that fun part you're bringing in that connection the child feels good about being there and now you bring on the and so having them memorize poems, when they start to be able to speak, they have all these poems now embedded in their head. Well, now when they get to the point where they're starting to read, now they've got this bank of words that they can pull from. So when they come to a word that they're trying to you know, sound out and it starts to sound like a word that they've banked, maybe it's pumpernickel because they their mom did that poem um, pizza pickle pumpernickel my little girl shall have a tickle one for her nose and one for her toes and one for her belly where the hot dog goes and she's heard that word pumpernickel and she starts to sound up pumper and she's got it in her head pumpernickel and that is why we want to start talking and singing and reading to our children from the day they're born or before how can we move parents away from thinking that it's the tablet or the computer game or the phone that's going to teach their child these skills that they need. I want them to recognize it's them. They're their number one child's favorite toy. They've got they've got so much to offer. And music is is really just a gateway for them to feel like, okay, I can do this. I can sing a song. I can bounce my baby on my lap and say this funny poem that my, my grandma actually taught me. And then I want to tell them what they're doing for their child because it's not just play.
1: All righty, that's it this week for The Center. And wait, don't turn it off just yet. I have one more thing to say. Uh, this is our third episode, and honestly, we could use some feedback. You know, what stories do you want? Where would you like to see this going? Do you want to be interviewed? Uh, what's your favorite color? You know, I mean, if you have anything to say please leave a comment on our iTunes page and go ahead and leave your rating as well. I know that's a lot to ask, but it really does help. Um, if you want to find out more about Jocelyn and Musically Minded, you can find her at musicallyminded.net and facebook.com forward slash musicallymindedseattle. Um, I'll go ahead and throw those links in the bio. Thanks so much to Jocelyn and Miss Lisa and all the great singers we have here at the center. Music this week was by Chris Hogan, East Jamie Jams, and Dan Lebowitz. I'm Sean Parker, and we'll see you next time on The Center.